0: This is Annie's story, told for the first time in 70 years. In our conversations and the ensuing interview, Annie generously shares the foundations that made her who she is today, starting as a sharecropper's daughter, picking cotton as a young lady in the South. Annie shares the poignant messages and experience she lived through in her youth. The barrier between where slavery ended and sharecropping started, teaching her self-determination and self-leadership and an internal compass telling her what's right, what's wrong, and what is acceptable as a human being. Annie learned from her father, who himself had to save his family, and she herself had to make tough decisions, too, to protect her family. Holding tolerations for the bad things to hold out for the good things in life. Annie realizes her sense of self-courage and resilience as we speak. I hope you enjoy the interview and the conversation as much as I did. So wait a second. You, you told me
1: that you've never, ever told somebody this story.
2: I swear to God, I never told nobody the story I told you. I've never told nobody, because I was always afraid that people was going to look at me, mm. laugh at me, and tell me that I'm lying, you stupid. you can't remember back when you was four or five years. Yes, I can. So you were a sharecropper. I'm a sharecropper. sharecropper's daughter. I'm a sharecropper's daughter
1: what's the I difference between
2: and i've picked cotton and I pick cotton. I in the fall time cold fingers it cold you have to pull up cotton that means you take that whole cotton bulb and you pull it off
1: and it hurts your fingers oh
2: man i used to have i used to have no finger there across here where those bulbs would stick down to my cuticles it would bleed how heavy is a cotton bell? I once uh, remember when my sack felt so heavy that I couldn't pull it. You take it, and you got to pick it up, throw it across your shoulder, and I'm much smaller than what I am now. And when I get to the scale, and they weigh it, 50 pounds. Come on, I didn't even weigh 50 pounds probably back then. How old were you? I was in high school, so I had to have been between, like, 14 to 15.
1: So, yeah. so what's the difference between where slavery ended and sharecroppers started?
2: When did it end?
1: Well, in the 1850s. So what, 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 That's is there a difference? Paper. On paper.
2: That's on paper that it ended, but...
1: Did it end in the hearts and minds of people?
2: Did it end in the heart of mine?
1: Of the white person. Of the
2: white man and the white woman? Because I remember one white lady asking me to come and work in her house. And I was a teenager. I couldn't have been no more than 13 or 14. You're
1: saying that this white woman asked you to go work in her house? You
2: were yeah. about
1: 14 years old.
2: hmm. And. I was going to do it to make me some school money, but when I walked in her kitchen, now mind you, my mother and father have eight children, so it's ten of us, and you got your kitchen is more dirty than mine? Nope. I don't know where I got the strength to say no, but I said no. <laughs> I can I walked all the way back home through the fields. I didn't know if I was gonna run up on a snake or whatever, but I wasn't doing it. Mm. I was not gonna do all of those dishes that had been sitting there for days with crusty food and stuff. No, I was not gonna do it. Cause Mom make us as we get up from the table, you take your plate and you put the straps where it's supposed to be and us girls had to do, had to clean the kitchen. And that wasn't once a day, that was three times a day, because you had three meals. You had your breakfast, you had your, what we call now lunch, and we had dinner. You had three meals a day.
1: It must have affected your internal sense of pride.
2: It, It probably did. I didn't know what that meant back then, But it was something I saw in that kitchen. Now this is too much for me to handle, and I wasn't gonna do it.
1: What was her reaction?
2: She never said nothing. I guess when I looked around, she was just. And when I told her no, she was just standing there looking, looking at me.
1: Some form of shock.
2: Like uh, I know she didn't say it to me. And as I'm saying no, I'm turning and I'm walking, and I'm walking swiftly out of her house, down the road. She gave me a ride to her house, but she didn't give me a ride back to my house. I walked, and I didn't want no ride from her.
1: You you showed some great signs of self-leadership.
2: Yeah, okay. I did. I didn't know what she was going to do to me. I was scared, and I when I got home, my mom and dad asked me why are you back are you finished already I said no I never started and they said well why I said because mom have you seen her kitchen she said I've never been in her house I said don't don't do it don't 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 this woman don't ever wash her dishes she don't I, I, I guess as she needed a plate this where she would wash it other than that, she didn't wash or clean, nothing. And I wasn't, come on, 13 or 14 years old, I wasn't going to... Mom make us clean up daily basis.
1: Well, you certainly had an internal compass that told you what was right for you or not.
2: Yeah, it did.
1: And you developed that skill.
2: It, I developed that skill from mm. my parents. My dad was a Navy man, and he cooked. And he taught me one thing about cooking. You get it right. You don't mess up food. Food is expensive. No man wants to go out and work hard and earn money, and you mess up the food. He said, because this is something the whole family have to eat. He said, you learn to do it right. And that's what he he taught me.
1: Hmm. So how does it feel now that you told me all these stories being the first one who ever told it? You
2: are. You are the first person black or white. Wow. Like I said, I started to try to tell my sister and she said, "You can't remember things back then." I said, "You can't remember things back then because it was maybe it was a little bit more smooth sailing when you got older." I said, "But me?" I can remember. I can remember when the white man stood there and pulled his penis out and tried to get my attention, but I know it's to stay close in my yard, in my own yard, and if push come to shell, I can just run in the house. So who, to to my mom and dad, who else needs to hear your story around you? I never told my dad what that white man was doing out there, Mm. so I didn't want my dad is to go to prison because I knew my dad would have killed him. Yeah, and if my dad is in prison, then who's going to protect my mom and us?
1: So you had all sorts of tolerations and putting up with bad things Mm -hmm. to hold out for the good things. I did. Lots of courage, never. Lots I, of courage. I
2: never told. Do you anything.
1: realize the level of courage?
2: <sighs> Ooh, I never thought about what level of courage. I, had. I guess I got more than I think that I do. Mhm. Cuz I never wanted any of my siblings, my brothers, or my father is to be in trouble for taking up for me. Mm-hmm. And as I got older, and I would listen to the news, and when there was some woman, no matter what color she was, if she was ever raped, they always made her look like she was at fault, that she was the bad one. So so I who, just dealt with it, and I kept my mouth shut. So
1: who who... Who around you and your family would you like to then share this with your kids and grandkids and, and passing on your legacy? I mean, it's, it's certainly wonderful that you're sharing it here. That's, um, I'm, I'm so grateful. It's, it's, a, it's a I it's think a, if it's I shared it
2: with anybody, I would share it with my daughter, Ebony.
1: You know, I want to leave you with the encouragement of, think, maybe you should pass it on to more people. Just think of it.
2: Cause how I think they, how would they look at me, though? Well, I'm so scared how they would raid me. At, how I, they would look at me? I hear but courage. Should I care? <laughs> After 71 years, should, should I care? care?
1: Should you care? That's exactly it. And I hear a lot of personal courage.
2: And
1: see it as a sign of personal courage. Put put a pen to paper and write that story.
2: I thought about that a lot of times. I thought mm. about. Write it, down. Write it down Write it down So you won't forget it mm-hmm. But I Not only so you don't
1: forget it So the future generations don't
2: forget it I think when my sister It's a living memory That's next to me Because she and I is like this And when she told me "You, You don't remember that You was too young I think that kind of brought my courage down It broke my spirit If she don't believe me Nobody's going to believe me. Hmm. I believe you. But there, there, then I told her, if you don't believe me, then ask our cousin Elsie. Live over in Minneapolis. She knows just as much about why Dad had to get up and run and get us up out of there. And you know, I said, you know, Daddy ain't one for running, but he was trying to save his family. And thank God he didn't let being, oh, no, you're not going to do this to me and and stand, you know, up to him. He got his family, he got out of there. Because if he didn't, I wouldn't be here to tell you the story. Because like I told you, he came back to that house. Yeah. And when he kicked that door open, he had his gun already drawn, hmm. ready to kill all of us.
1: Well, Annie, I want to thank you for telling me.
2: And thank you for, I don't know why you asked me, hmm. but whew, I'm glad I let it out. Because like I said, from five years old up until now, 71, it all been kept inside. Thank you. I'll be kept inside.
0: Thanks for listening to Annie's story. Please listen to the other three parts of this series, because if we don't remember the past, we're condemned to repeat it. I look forward to your questions and comments and how you demonstrate leader-like behaviors where you are. Also, go forth and interview your elders. You'd be surprised what we can learn. Enjoy and be leader-like.